Hallelujah. How many of you know uh, that Jesus is the only consistent is in your life? Oh, somebody should have shouted hallelujah on that part. Y'all ain't going to help me a little bit. Y'all have some worse situations and some worse people that have left you, and uh, you, don't, you don't even know. They done unfriended you and done blocked you, but there's one who has always been an is. Somebody ought to hear me. It's beautiful to know that is always is in the present tense, meaning that Jesus Christ is always present. Like the way the old church used to say it, he's a present help in the time of trouble. It's beautiful to know that no matter what I go through, um, he promises to never leave or forsake, and he is the most viable presence, even when you don't feel him. How many of you know your feelings don't justify whether or not Jesus is present or not? I don't care how you feeling. I don't care if you feel far from him. He's never far from his people. And if you know him as your Lord, it's, it's, it's the best thing. I, I, it's the, best. the Bible says he's nigh thee. That's the old translation. I know we got the CSB now, but he's, he's nigh thee. That means he's near. That, that's near in 1611 English. Uh, but we are thankful for our God. That's that like nobody has a spiritual ideology that shows that God is transcendent, yet he's imminent. And that's the beauty of being a believer. Give God one more hand praise before we get in this thing. All right. Well, let's do it. We got work to do. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Matthew 9, 35 through 38. Matthew 9, 35 through 38. CSB translation. How many of y'all got your Bibles last week? Put your hand up in the air. Amen. This year, this week for the attenders. So if you just attend, you can get yours today. Huh? Members again. Okay, my bad. My bad. See, you need to join the church. See, that's what happens when you don't join the ministry. You see what I'm saying? Um, it's coming, y'all. Y'all gonna get y'alls one day, you know, but we're gonna make sure the members, people signed up to be a part. In Jesus' name, get this first. We love y'all, all y'all though. We love everybody. All right, let's, let's read on three. Three, go. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Amen. 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 I would like to talk about today out of our series, Great Expectations for Kingdom Harvest. I'm going to say it one more time, see if there's anybody excited about this thing by myself. You know, I, I, you know, you know, the, you know, coming to his courts type stuff. Let me try that one more time. Great Expectations for Kingdom Harvest. Amen. Amen. Every now and then, I want us to be trained to act like we want to hear the word. How many want to hear the word of God? Amen. So from now on, let's celebrate that. So I'm going to do one more again so we can practice. All right? Great expectations for Kingdom Harvest. Yeah, there we go. 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 Lord God, this is um, where you want us to be. And um, we're ready for action. 
And we want to do something out of gospel conviction. Let your words shape my mind, my thoughts. Help them to please you. But most of all, help our lives in response to this word to please you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Last week, I received a text message from a dear friend who planted a church, planted a church in Brooklyn. He planted it um, in downtown Brooklyn, guy I've known for quite some time, and great brother. Had a text message, he has a producer that goes to his church that's a producer at BET. He follows our ministry, and he said, we'd like to add Dr. Mason to the conversation of an event we have. We have some celebrities coming through that's going to talk about um, police brutality. T.I. is going to unveil his, um, his documentary or docuseries. And so um, I got the text. I was like, ah. you know, I was kind of like, I, I didn't really have to do it. So I was, I was chilling. Some of y'all was like, I'd have been gone. You know, I've, <laughs> um, I was like, you know, and, and the Lord was like, uh-uh. Mm-mm. I talked to my wife, friends. They was like, fam, you need to do it. So I'm like, okay, not knowing what to expect. I'm expecting mad hosp- hos- hostility um, in light of people just not liking pastors at all. And I, we, we go and we get there and um, as I'm going in, everybody's really being really, really nice, but there's, <clears throat> I hear a ruckus on the outside of the room where we were, and it was one of the artists, well-known conscious artists, that was fussing at the producer about the fact that he didn't sign up for being on a panel with a pastor. So I'm like, okay. Now y'all know, pastor has sanctification issues. <laughs> <laughs> And I always need the holiness of God to remind me that I must let my theology precede my thugology. (laughs) Somebody ought to say amen right there. But I had to go to the bathroom, so I walked past him. And, you know, I didn't touch him or anything. I just looked him in the eye to let him know that I heard him. Um... But I was like the face of an angel, like Stephen in Acts chapter 7. So, I was like. All right. (laughs) So the panel, we get in the room, the panel's going, and everything's going. We saw the documentary. I'll let y'all, I won't spoil any of that. I won't spoil It's coming out on BT stuff, so everybody's been asking me. You'll see it in a few weeks, everything, the panel and everything. They sit me on the floor because I'm not important, and some other people in the front row and had the panelists up there. And um, Angela Rice leading it, doing a great job, leading the discussion. And of course, everybody got their take. You know, I'm low man on the totem pole, I'm nothing. Um, I'm just a messenger. Um, and I'm sitting in my seat, and um, it's about time for me to get up. They give me the microphone, so that means it's, you about to say something. My wife rubs me on the back. She went to support me. Um, she rubs me on the back. She went with me. She's supposed to be at the, the summit, but she needed to be with me. I, ne- I needed my, my backbone with me. So she's sitting behind me praying. Um, she, she touched me, and I stand up. And I'm, you know, I'm really not, you don't usually get nervous, but I was like, my heart 
literally came to my throat. You know that feeling where you just like, you're like, stop it, stop it. You're trying to swallow it, and it just wouldn't work. Um, and so I said, and so I'm kind of stuttering a little bit. Uh, T.I.'s looking me right in the face. Talib Kualib is right here. That was the artist. And Angela Rye is right there. And so I'm, I'm, I'm standing the mayor of Mount Vernon's here and this uh, great, great female activists were in there doing some great activist work. And I stand up. And they were supposed to ask me, what, is the ch what can the church do? But that's not what they asked me. Um, they asked me, what is your church doing? <laughs> and um, and I, 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 I got up and I began to talk about our little ministry on this corner. And I began to talk to them. For, for, well, first off, before I even got to what we're doing, you know I had to bring with me who was always with me. And so you know, if you ask me to come somewhere, there's somebody else that has to come with me when I come. So the first thing out of my mouth is Jesus says, and we went to Matthew 23, 23, and they're shaking their heads because they think they're about to get a sermon. And they sort of were, but, and I kept it short. <laughs> but I began walking through the Walk Church think tank and um, stuff we're working on on de-escalation development skills for both pastors and police. And we're walking through all of these different things. And I I'm expecting hostage. So I'm, I'm standing, I'm telling this stuff. And I'm trying to get it out quick because I'm so nervous. I'm trying to get it out. And um, about two-thirds of the way in, my nerves went down, and I was able to speak more clearly. <coughs> then I stopped, sat down, and handed the mic over, and the place erupted into claps. And I was sort of confused by it because I expected hostility. Because as a pastor in those environments, I'm so, I'm like, God, let me just, I ain't never been in that environment. But I'm just talking about in, like, I don't even want to act like I got, you know, something going on. I'm just saying in environments where people don't like pastors. I'm used to having a stone face, um, like God told Isaiah to have. And afterwards, um, people were just talking to me about the church and asking me a lot of questions about things. And people were saying, finally, and talking to me. And then Talib Khalid was leaving, and he turned around, came back, came up to me, grabbed my hand, and said thank you, and began saying, I'm thankful for what your church is doing, and what, and he just, I'm, I'm confused, you know, but God showed me something. People are hungry. Not for the word. They've heard enough of that. The word is important now, so don't hear me denouncing God's word. They're hungry for the church to act. Um, even Angela Rye came, everybody was, and I'm not trying to name drop, I'm just trying to let you know that even before I got to my point on the panel, they were discussing only the church as a non-sociological entity that has the ability that they expect to make an impact. And so as I'm looking at this reality, <laughs> and looking at the hunger and different people coming up, wanting to talk and wanting to talk. And, and it's, this was interesting. 
After they heard what we were trying to do or doing, I could tell them anything I wanted about Jesus Christ. And I'm, 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 I'm excited about our ministry, not because of a show, um, not because of an opportunity to get affirmation from a celebrity. That doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. For me, I believe we have a landmark opportunity where we are to do more impactful, in-depth, transformational ministry in our community. And I believe, I believe with all my heart that God has anointed us for such a time as this. I don't believe he anointed Pastor Mason for such a time as this. I believe that he anointed us for such a time as this, which makes this passage sweet. This passage, to me, needs to be heralded by the church on a regular basis. Jesus is a bold one. I love him a lot because of the simplicity and complexities that he brings to the table. Jesus, like Shobaraka says, is both this complex, he said, maybe both. I love that song, maybe both. Because he talks about the fact that of Jesus Christ's complexity and people like the sort of hippie activists on one end or the warrior on the other end. But the issue is he's both. And here we see in his words and his acts that he's both. Um, that brings me to my first point. If you're going to have great expectations for Kingdom Impact, Number one, you got to recognize that Jesus went where people were. Jesus <coughs> went. This is going to be embarrassingly simple. Jesus went where people were. The Bible says that Jesus continued going around all the towns and villages. Stop right there. What, 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 you know what's mind-boggling about this passage to me is um, Jesus, of course, couldn't afford a donkey. They didn't have the sub and the L back then. They didn't have Uber and Lyft. Okay. They had sandals and corns, okay? <laughs> Bunions, that's right. Bunions too. God walked. Just, just, just meditate on the fact the one who had verbal transfer, tra uh, transportation technology, where he could have literally spoke them into different locations, and made an entrance just by Jesus saying, Capernaum. And the, di the disciples and him just disappeared, Capernaum. <laughs> Nazareth. <laughs> but he didn't. He wanted to take the slow walk to see and to pass real people. In other words, he, he, he didn't rush to his locations. He went to these locations. He went through these places so he can lay his eyes on people. It's very difficult for me through social media how people can talk so passively about things that they've never been on ground to see. I, 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 I wonder how many of us would just be changed if we talked to an actual single mom versus posting a blog about a single mom. Help me today. Uh, uh, what if we heard why this guy has four different baby moms and heard his story? 
What do we hear about how someone is, is living in an abandoned brownstone in the basement, in the corner, and stealing cable and electricity from next door to survive. And we look down on people, but it's hard when you don't walk the cement and the pavement to, to walk and experience and look at. And what I love about the Lord is he doesn't exempt himself from interacting with actual people. In other words, he's not going in there for a selfie to post online how beautiful the city is and how broken the city is and let's post a pic of this and let me take a selfie with the broken. No, he was around there to make sure that he was on ground to smell them, to touch them, and to encourage them. That, that's, that's what I want us to be. It, I don't want us to be a driving-in church that doesn't, if you've never walked this block and you're a part of this church, you're missing out. I'm by my, I know there's not gonna be many amens today, it's okay. If you give them, praise God. <clears throat> if you've never walked and talked and met an actual person and heard their story, see, you can't have a heart for missions until you experience the need. Let me say that again. Until you experience the need firsthand, you can't have a heart for what you haven't seen, what you haven't touched, and what you haven't felt with your own hands. Jesus went into cities and towns around actual people. Our Christianity must not be an online Christianity. <laughs> because, see, we can make our, Chris, you can, you can create a page that make you look like you're pretty up to some stuff. But some of your best work is when you do something that is so deep and rich in somebody's life to post it would demean the experience. Somebody will get that on the way home. That was good preaching. You don't know it yet, but that was good preaching. And what we have to begin to do is we have to want the well done from heaven based on actual stuff. I don't care what type of ministry you're doing, if you're not touching actual people, if you're not ministering to actual youth, if you're not touching actual young ladies, if you're not ministering to actual single moms, if you're not engaging actual college students, actual men, you are not doing ministry. I don't care what you're writing. I don't care what you're blogging about. I don't care what your plan is. You and I have to touch actual people. I got to move. I got so much to go through. Jesus went where people were. <laughs> oh, I could spend so much time on that. Next point. Did not compromise the message. Look at what it says. And he was teaching in their synagogues and preaching the good news of the kingdom. I love this. He went to the places where God was already at work. Where God was already at work. He went to those places. And so he went to the synagogues because that's, because salvation is of the Jews. Meaning that God had first given his revelation to the Jews and they were supposed to be the light on the hill that communicated the redemptive history of what God was up to among them and in the world. So therefore, there should have been a track record with their ability to hear it. However, religiosity always pushes off activism. And so when he goes in there, he begins to engage them 
and he preaches to them. And, matter of fact, I like the way it says he was teaching them. In other words, some people need explanation, not, ex, not, ex, not, 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 not exposure. And so they already had exposure, but they needed explanation. That's what teaching does. Preaching is explanation. Teaching is exposure. And so he goes in there and he teaches them, but then he goes out and he preaches the gospel of the kingdom. What I like about this idea is, is this three-level idea of the gospel of the kingdom is Jesus was proclaiming God's comprehensive rule over all creation. That's a big picture. See, religion has a hard time with a movement. The reason why religion has a hard time with the movement because you can't control the movement. Religion only wants what it can control. A movement wants to do what is gets, out, in other words, not out of control, but under the control of the spirit to make pandemic impact where it goes. But not only that, in preaching the gospel of the kingdom, Jesus was proclaiming that the need, that the earth needs to reflect heaven. That's what the kingdom of God, as on earth as it is in heaven. Beautiful stuff. In other words, what we do on earth should be a reflection of what God's desire is in heaven. So when he's talking about this reality of proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, he's proclaiming himself, but he's also proclaiming the outgrowth of what the gospel does when you have a kingdom paradigm. But then he goes from there, and, and as he's preaching the kingdom, he's probably having in the mindset his actual call to ministry, which is Isaiah 61, where Jesus proclaimed that he was the fulfillment of all things. In Isaiah 61, it says, the spirit of the Lord is, of God is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That year of the Lord's favor is the year of Jubilee. Now, I know, the, I know some of my, my brothers and sisters in another sphere of God's vineyard proclaim Jubilee as only a financial freedom. Uh, um, and, and so Jubilee, and so give an offering. So did, uh, come on. Anyway, so, and so uh, but, but Jubilee is broader than that. Jubilee is spiritual and physical release from captivity. In other words, Jesus Christ understood the gospel to have spiritual release and physical release, meaning the stuff that you're physically under, Jesus is the key of David to unlock the things that you're locked up in. But not only that, he's also here to get you out of spiritual bondage. And what's the beautiful part of this reality is that many times we speak a spiritual release but not physical release from some stuff. And so what needs to be heard and what needs to be engaged is actually doing what Christ did in relation to proclaiming the glory of this good news. In other words, he had a beautiful prophetic voice, not a pathetic voice. <laughs> Meaning he talked about what was actually going on but how the word of God was a remedy for it. But he didn't stop there. Next point. Jesus engaged people's issues. <laughs> I like what it says here. Healing every disease and every sickness. I love the fact that Jesus was meticulously committed to going out and dealing with people's needs. One of the things that we have to begin to engage in and look at as our ministry is looking in the reality of how Jesus Christ was willing to engage every particular need that they would see as a need. I love this because he's not going into a neighborhood telling people what they need. He's not going in trying to transport in methods and models from some conference 
to come in and do something. I, it, it makes me sick when people call us to tell us what they want to help us do. I'm like, oh, I, I'm, I'll never forget. Oh, help me, God. God was like, you know, he was, he was painting, he painted this ceiling. I ain't going, you know. And he was here, and he said, you know, I see a lot of trash around here. It's like, yeah. Um, he says, um, I would like to come, come over here every week and teach people how to pick up trash in the neighborhood. And you know I'm not the one. I said, do, do you know why there's trash here? He says, no. I said, most people on these blocks don't drop trash in front of their own stoop. How many corner stores? See, there's a corner store. That's a water ice spot. There's a corner store there. Boom, boom, boom. When people get their stuff, eat, walk past, they drop their trash. If you get two pounds of trash in front of your house every day, you're going to have a trash day where you do it. You're not going to do it every day because people are always throwing trash in front of your house. So therefore, you're only seeing the days that people have trash thrown in front of their house, not the day that they clean up. You come on the off day. <laughs> I said, so you can't assume that that's a need if that's not a need that's been communicated to you. What Jesus did is he went to people and engaged them in what they said their needs were. It was, we have to be careful of having a Messiah and paternalistic complex in relation to people in our community. But beginning to, th to know that people are smart enough and wise enough to know which ways we are to engage in order that we can begin to deal with the sicknesses and diseases and brokenness in our community. So he, 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 Jesus engaged actual issues. Next point. Jesus is emotionally connected to where people are. <laughs> I love this. I love this. It says, when he saw the crowds... He felt compassion for them. Imagine that. People are walking towards Jesus. And as people are walking towards Jesus, he looks at them and his heart breaks for them. In other words, he knows they're sinful. He knows they're made mistakes. And some of the stuff they're in is their fault. But he didn't let their sinfulness and the issues that they have dealt with get in the way of him feeling compassion for them. See, that's why I can't stand evangelical fundamentalism. It got real quiet right there. Because when a black man gets shot, and you say, hear all the facts, but don't grieve with people who are grieving, you got to hear all the facts to have compassion on the fact that Trayvon Martin was shot and left four hours in the sun in his neighborhood for kids to see like a public lynching. It's real quiet in here. It's okay. Who, who lets a body, who, who lets a body lay in the sun for four hours after it's shot? What neighbor, have you ever seen that in the nicer neighborhoods? So where, do, do they cover the body or do they leave it out? And the evangelical fundamentalists say, just preach the gospel. The Bible doesn't teach that. It doesn't say just preach the gospel. It says preach the gospel and out of that should flow. The works of the body being committed to good works to engage in the challenge. What if God only was compassionate for you of the stuff that wasn't your fault? Like, 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 we, we get a little righteous and self-right. Like, I'm not, I, I'm not going to feel, like, I, that sickens me. 
that the body is divided on this reality. And, and it said Jesus was emotional. It said he felt compassion. Why? This is key. Why? He says they were distressed and dejected. <laughs> What's interesting is both of these words are in a present passive participle form. What does that mean? Perfect points to the fact that it was a definitive event that happened in the past that has continued impact on them. Passive means it wasn't their fault, but something happened to them where they became victims of their circumstance. <laughs> it's in the text. Participle means this is a verbal adjective pointing to this is the description of what their lives are like constantly. So, so, so what does distress mean? Distress means to flay or to skin something. And if you skin something, if you take the skin off something, you're taking its identity off. I'm by myself. This is, Jesus had a heart for them because nobody valued their dignity. Jesus' heart is broken when people, even sinful people's dignity is erased. In other words, Jesus' heart is going out to people because one of the things that he created us to be is have self-value. And these people have been through so much that their self-value was fully gone. But then dejected means to throw away. That's what dejected. So in other words, Jesus' heart went out to them because nobody valued their identity and they were thrown away. That's what we're around, family of God. We're around people that feel no value. We're, we're around people that feel thrown away. We're around people that feel that there is no way out of the trap. And that I got to function in the contours of the trap in the church. All we're doing is having church. We have the remedy. We have the greatest answer. But all we do is look down our nose and join the world in its dejection and its distressing of broken people. Our call is not to do that because what Jesus does next is so doggone beautiful. Matter of fact, before I go to that, this reminds me of 1 Samuel 22, verses 1 through 2. It says, so David left Gath. And he took refuge in the cave of Adullam. I love this. This, this is just beautiful stuff. When David's brothers and his father's whole family heard, they went down to join him there. This is the part I love. In addition, every man who was desperate, in debt, or discontented rallied around him, and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. Guess what? These same distressed and dejected people in the Old Testament became David's mighty men. I'm by myself. See, don't sleep on the broken. Don't sleep on somebody. Don't sleep on those who have nothing to lose. Because when God gets to their life and when Christ transformed their life, I love it. And so I believe there are mighty men and women of valor on our blocks. 
I feel God right now. I feel the Holy Ghost all in this place now. I, 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 I believe that there are, there are warriors waiting to be called to salvation. I believe that on back streets, and I believe that there's a syringe in somebody's arm right now that God wants to use. I believe that there's a person that got pregnant out of wedlock, and they're trying to wonder, what in the world is my life like? And they got a baby in their stomach right now that God's head is on. There's a man that's coming out of prison that's coming back to this neighborhood that God has a plan for. And there's some grandmothers that are in their room with a tube TV and a leaking roof that have been uttering prayers to heaven. And I believe that in their brokenness and poverty, God is answering them. Help me today. Next point. Promise I'll be out of your way in a second. Jesus is passionate about people coming to him. So Jesus does something about it. Look what he does. He says, and then he said to his disciples, I like the fact that he didn't tell nobody else. He pulled those who claimed to be serious about him close to him. He said, and this he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant. But the workers are few. But pray, look at the last part. Throw that up there. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. Never seen that before. His, his harvest. It's interesting here that we have most of the time a consumeristic disposition, but Jesus Christ puts that on blast. Jesus puts it on blast because he says there's a lot of opportunity for gospel communication and transformation of people's lives, but everybody wants their needs met. So you can tell the difference between a mature Christian and an immature Christian by the reason why they become a part of a local community. See, when someone says, the reason why I want to be here is because I like the word and I like the worship, and I get my needs met, and my children get to hear the word, and my children, da 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 but, but, or, or, or I like what's going on that's being done, but there's no vested interest investing into what's being done. But a mature says, you know what? I love the fact that I get fed. I love the fact that I get my worship on. I love the community. I love all of that. But guess what also I love? I also love, I also love, I also love the opportunities that I have to put my hand to the plow with the local community of the church to get to work. And guess what Jesus says? <laughs> Jesus calls, he says, I want you to pray to God. He, he, he tells the few. He went to Israel. Israel was supposed to turn, not 120. He only had 120 dedicated people, maybe 500 max, out of, out of several million people. And the beauty of this reality is, is Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the labor is a few. And he's asking them to beseech the Lord of the harvest to send people into his harvest. In other words, God has already prepared people out there that are spiritually waiting for the church to stand up. You missed your shout moment. It's now our time to do this. So this is what we're going to do. We got some work for you. Neighborhood going to get this work. Let's go. 
we did some past events. You can go to the next slide. We did an outdoor event called From the Concert to the Classroom to the Corner 10 years ago. 3,000 people during the course of the day showed up. Had artists out there. That's how we used to dress. All of us used to dress like this. <laughs> Keep it right there. Yeah, uh, uh, go back, go back, go back. Don't go too far. There you go. There you go. Yeah, we used to all wear Timberlands, and they used to call us the natural hair cult back then. <laughs> but we, we were, <laughs> we, but, but people came through during the course of that day, and we gave away free fried fish, water ice, and artists was out spitting. Hundreds of people came to Jesus during the course of the day. Keep going. Keep going. And this is the part I love the most. People were sitting out on their steps listening and being engaged by the church. Keep going. Stands were out. We had all types of opportunities. Keep going. Keep going. The kids having a good time. Look at that. all look beautiful. Face painting and everything. Amen. Keep going. Yeah, we're going somewhere with all this. Um, this July, God, God spoke very clearly to me on Tuesday for us to have a huge neighborhood outreach this July that will showcase the Lord's immense love for our community. Um, we want to highlight everything from healthcare, literacy, and education. We're gonna have live music, comedy, sports, and of course we're gonna present the gospel to people. We wanna get our police officers, our educators, our mentors, our public officials and churches involved. Keep going, keep going. We will have a, we're going to have a fish fry. We're going to have a barbecue. It's going to be Muslim friendly. No pork. <laughs> Love on the Muslim. We won't have no Skittles either because we know pork is in Skittles. The gelatin. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Amen. So y'all weren't really conscious before. We, look at the pack, we used to look at the back of the packages. Oh, that got gelatin in it. Anyway, yet I regress. Water ice. And our goal is to serve over 4,000 people that day. <laughs> it's not it. Also, we would like to get schools, students, leadership deeply involved. In addition, we will be providing tables for additional ministries and churches in our city who are doing work in the community so people can know what's going on in the neighborhood through churches, not just our church, but other churches. This would allow our community to have access to resources and gospel-centered programming that is offered and readily available to our community. Keep going. Also, uh, uh, we're going to do, we're going to, uh, one excited elements again, we're going to be sharing the gospel during the course of that day. I'm trusting that God is going to bring over 500 people to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm just believing in the mighty name of Jesus that over 500 people are going to call, come to, come to know the Lord. Look, look here. <laughs> We're going to have seminars that will assist in parenting. We have single parent classes for both men and women. Uh, family development, education, and addressing issues such as, and I'm looking forward to this, is Christianity the white man's religion. We're going to Work on that. It's, Jesus is for everybody. Next one. Main stage sermons. We'll be talking about violence and nonviolence, racism and injustice in our community so that our community can hear us verbally, prophetically protest what they're going through. Somebody should have shouted right there. Hosting community a service events. And, and, and we'll have, that morning we'll have different neighborhood events uh, we'll, we'll have cleanup, we'll be beautifying projects in the garden. I'll talk about one of the beautifying projects in a second, and we'll work with the gardens in the neighborhood, and we're going to uh, also <coughs> go over to Duckery and redo their basketball courts. Right outside. 
<coughs> we want to redo their courts and make it look really, really nice over there for them so that that's a viable place. That's a historic basketball playing place too as well. Um, we want to have a clothing drive, toiletry drive, food drive, addressing immediate needs. We're going to get local business partnerships. Um, we're going to, of course, we're going to do the outdoor three-on-three basketball tournament and have a bunch of giveaways that day. It's going to be maybe we're going to have stuff for kids. We're going to spark a reading drive that day and a reading campaign and partner with existing after-school programs that are already in the community to let people know that they are available and give them the opportunity for people to know that they exist. A horseback riding is funny. Y'all don't know that around the corner. I'm, you know, I was walking around the corner one day prayer walking, and all I saw was these dudes with Tim's. I heard. <laughs> I'm like, what neighborhood am I in, huh? You know, and so we're going to get them to come around, and they're going to give horseback riding uh, stuff. I call them the urban, the urban rodeo dudes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we're going to have face painting and games and floaties and all that good stuff for kids. Keep going. We're going to uh, mentorship program sign up. Amen. For boy, young boys and girls, sign up. <laughs> it's time to sign up. Background information check, though. So if you got issues, don't, don't sign up. <laughs> Amen. Um, live music. I, already, I ain't tell Doxa yet, but y'all going to do a set. We're going to have a house band also. We're going to have a house DJ, all of that. We're going to have a good time. Uh, uh, um, uh, 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 all kinds of uh, Keep going, keep going, keep going. You keep going. And uh, we're going to partner with 22nd uh, District and the Temple Police in connecting and building relationships between them and our neighborhood. Temple University, uh, Community College of Philadelphia. We're also going to pull NACA in Neighborhood Assistance Community Association, which is a multi-billion dollar brokerage agency that helps people get houses. In our neighborhood, over 79% of the people rent. Um, this organization pays for down payment and closing costs for anyone that wants to buy a home. So we're going to expose them to them. Amen. 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 To get them an opportunity to work through whatever they want to do. Uh, again, I talked about the basketball courts and everything. Um, we're going to get uh, barbers and natural hairstylists to do. We're going to pay them to do hair right on the street. We're going to pay them to do hair right on the street. I don't know how the wash is going to work, but we're going to figure something out. We're going to hook a water hose up so you can go back like that. We're going to hook it, hook it up. You, just go, you know what I'm saying? I don't know how it's all going to work. Amen. But I want barbers to give. We're going to pay them. So if ones that want to do it for free, praise God. But we're going to try to pay them. Uh, don't try to act like you're a barber for the event. Amen. Um, we'll get with our local businesses. We're going to be working with Strawberry Mansion High School as well <coughs> and partnering with other church organizations. All right? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, we're going to have uh, shoe store partnerships and also social service agencies uh, that we're going to ask to set up shop out there so that, again, people can know what type of services and opportunities that are available to them in our city. Keep going. Oh, there it is. No, don't keep going. Don't keep going. Um, so, yak al. <laughs> Last time we did this, this it wasn't on this level. It was twenty-five thousand dollars. That was a decade ago. Now it's ten thousand dollars. I mean, 20, no, no, it's not fifty thousand dollars. I'm tripping. My wife and I are already going to give two of that. So now we need forty-eight thousand dollars. And I want us to commit to this. I want us to commit to this, and I want us to give to it. I want you to, those of you who can give today, we're going to have an offering after the service. The, the hospitality team going to stand up here, give to it. Um, 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 next week, I want you to pray during the week. For those, I don't want you to give under compulsion, because God loves a cheerful giver. Don't give under compulsion. Pray this week about an amount. We're going to put this out online. We're trying to raise 50 
$5,000 to do a major level event. And we're hiring one of our people who owns a, a, a firm here that does event development. And they're going to be, that the part of this money goes to making sure they're paid to fully dedicate their time to this so that we can what? Do this excellently. How many of y'all down? How many of y'all down? Y'all down? Y'all down? So let me just ask you, how many of you going to invest in this? Hands up. How many are going to invest? Let's invest. And so I want us to invest. Be, be generous. It's above your normal giving. I want us to give my wife and I, we're not practicing our righteousness before people. This is just, you need to know what's going on financially. And so we're looking forward to this being our reward. People coming to Jesus. People seeing again that the church loves the community. Okay? A couple things. And some people uh, 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 asked me some questions last week. So these are some ways you can plug in now in addition to that. We'll have sign-ups for both out there. How are you can plug in? We're mentoring in Building 21 right now. You can sign up right at the back table. Tuesday night youth Bible study, great opportunity. Friday night study, nothing but Muslims there. At, at, a, a lot of the guys are from Muslim background, Islamic background, but they want to hear from us. And so that's Friday night. Tuesday night is our youth. Uh, Friday night is neighborhood youth. <coughs> Basketball league, you can always sign up for that. Three-on-three -three tournament. Our summer camp coming up. If there are any teachers, we want our teachers who are off and principals and administrators who are off during the summertime. If you can give one day a week to our summer program over the course of the eight-week period to invest in the young people that are going to be at our summer program this summer. It'll be a great opportunity for you to fold in. All right, next, uh, there we go. Thank you. Oh, killing it up there, boy. Um, After-school program, Bible Club, we're involved in our children's ministry. can always use help. These are ways you can plug into where we're ministering to our neighborhood. Uh, vacation Bible School, Youth Retreat, Resolve Conference this fall. Anything? Yeah, there we go. Working with Young Life and our high school stuff. Partner with Strawberry Mansion High School. This is huge. Strawberry Mansion High School, five years in a row, has gotten top five worst schools in America. High schools, that's right down the street, less than a, about a mile from us. We want to minister to them. Um, Y'all heard me come apart last week about this, but um, library book drive. I want to get with William uh, Kelly, uh, one of our partner schools on Cecil B. Moore. I want to ask what type of books we need, they need, because they, they, their book, their library doesn't have hardly any books in it. And I want our church to invest in building their library, okay? I want their library to be built well. So, so I want them to have the best books for the, every grade level that they need so their kids can check out. And I want them to look good. I don't want no old raggedy, uh, 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 ancient-looking books. I want nice-looking books. And then we need help getting them organized according to the Dewey Decimal System. Okay? All right? All right? Uh, uh, um, and then a Christmas store, of course, outreach at Temple's campus. Anything else? Is that it for now? Yes, that's it. How many of y'all down with all this? <laughs> let's get some work done. Let's get some work done and let's serve our community. I'm excited. If you're not excited, I'm excited. The harvest is plentiful. And guess what I'm excited about? We're going to have common ground with people for a long time, Lord say the same. And then it'll be so easy to share the gospel because they won't have anything to say that we haven't done to help our community. And we will have a great, 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 great opportunity to proclaim our Lord to our city. Every head bow, every eye closed. Maybe you're here today and you've never met Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. 
we would love to talk to you about we'd love to talk to you about what it means to go from spiritual death to spiritual life. Spiritual death to spiritual life. If you're here today and you've never placed your confidence in the fact that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and was raised from, on the third day from the dead, why is that important? Because everybody that's born is born the wrong way. As beautiful and cute as we all are, when we're born, we're born sinners. We're born sinners, meaning we're born not connected to God, yet we're still born loved by God. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God poured out his anger and wrath on Jesus on the cross, raised him up on the third day. Whoever believes that goes from disconnected from God to connected to God. Anyone in here, slip your hand in there if you want to put your faith in Jesus. Anyone. Says, I want to say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ in the balcony on the floor. Anyone want to say yes to Jesus Christ? Yes, Lord. I want to say yes to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. I want to put my confidence in him for salvation. I want to put my confidence in him for salvation. Amen. Let our men come. I'm excited. Communion. Communion. Let's celebrate the one.